This morning, I'd like to continue on the lines of evangelism. I know that last week we spoke a little bit about evangelism, and, I, and, and today I want to just talk a little bit. I spoke last week about a happy hour, amen, and it's not the drink that you're thinking of, uh, but happy hour, Jesus meeting the woman at the well, and uh, just four words, give me a drink that completely revolutionized her life. And she went into Samaria and told every man about Jesus Christ and so impacted that city. Can you think about that? Just a one-on-one -on -one that had such a dramatic impact that influenced an entire city that many years later in the book of Acts chapter 8, when Philip gets to preach in Samaria, he has a tremendous revival. Things happen. People are delivered. People are healed. And all because of a woman who was impacted by Jesus, who really began his conversation by saying, give me a drink. Can you say amen? So this morning, I want to speak to you on another subject on evangelism. I've called it the skinny on evangelism. The skinny. What does that mean? The skinny is, an, according to the Urban Dictionary, is really, uh, let's, 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 let's look at the, the, the short version. Let's look at the nitty-gritty. Let's look at, at actually, you know, take out all the superfluous stuff and let's look at the nitty-gritty. Let's look at the short version of evangelism, the simplistic way of how we can look at evangelism. And so that's what I want to do. I want to give you the skinny of evangelism. And I think it's because for some reason or other, we've made evangelism one of the most difficult and complicated things. And it needn't be. It needn't be something that we ought to fear and something that we ought to dread. And that for many believers, it is probably one of the scariest things to be involved in. And unfortunately, a lot of that anxiety is brought on by some of the crazy things that we've seen in the church. Amen. And some of the weird and maybe wonderful things that have happened that we've seen in the streets and in the cities. For example, I mean, you've got these kind of things happening where you've had people put on placards, you know, turn or burn or uh, all of those kind of things. Here's a guy and we've, we've, we, we have the picture of somebody shouting, turn or burn and, or, or these kind of things, turn or burn, okay? And there's a sad face uh, there as well. Give me the other picture or something like this where heathens beware and fornicator, adulterer, liar, hypocrite, lesbian, your guilt is real. You deserve to go to hellfire. I mean, we've had all kinds of crazy things. And how many of you know that a lot of that stuff has never, ever worked? Can you say amen? amen? Now, we understand. We're not saying that sin is not sin. And, of course, we understand that. And we need to understand that the message never changes. But I do believe that our methods are, need to be relevant and in line with the times in which we are living. Never compromise. We're not advocating compromise. We're, we're, we're not advocating, you know, just live life how you want and, and all of that kind of a stuff. We still believe in, in holiness. We preach holiness. 
We preach about being separated from the world, yet we are in the world. We preach about that. And I think it's important to understand that. But the most important thing I think that we need to understand when it comes to evangelism is that none of us, I don't care how many degrees you've got string behind your name, nobody has the power to win somebody to Christ. It's not about you. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said this in, in John 15, 26. He says, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And then in John 16, 13, he says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And then Jesus said these very important words. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So winning the lost is really, it's not about you trying to win people. You, you, you can't, I can't win anybody. Salvation and when people come to the Lord is the greatest miracle of all. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts that individual and it is a supernatural work that only a supernatural God can do. However, he requires to do it through you and me. Hallelujah. So we must never, ever forget that. Amen. And so this morning, I want to just give you a little bit of uh, some guidelines. Because our heart is that everybody encounters God. Every single person. It's important. That's our vision. Our reap vision. What is our reap vision? Reaping everything that Jesus did for the glory of God. Reaping everything Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. Let's all read that together. Reaping everything Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. One more time, all over the campuses. Reaping everything Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. You've heard me say that that's our job. That's what I live for. That's what I dream. That's what I that's what I'm here for. I'm here to take every one of you across the River Jordan and into your land that flows with milk and honey. That's reaping everything that Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. So how are we going to do that? Very simply, we're going to help people know God. That's our number one priority. Your number one priority at that workplace other than you doing what you've been are being paid to do is to help create an environment that people can know God that people can encounter this awesome God then number 2 once they encounter God that we're going to help them to find freedom people need to be delivered the gospel is a gospel of deliverance once they are set free and we do that with people we do that through the medium of life groups we do that through the word coming. We do that through as people stand and walk through life with you. Once you find freedom, we're going to help people discover their God-given purpose. 
And once they discover their God-given purpose, they're going to know that they were created to make a difference. Can you look at somebody in the aisle all over the campuses, Hillcrest and Phoenix and right here in the overflow, look them in the eye and say, you were created to make a difference. Hallelujah. So how do we put that in another way if we needed to put that in another way? We can say we want lost people to get saved and we want the saved people to be pastored. And we want the pastored people to be trained and discipled. And then we want those that are trained and discipled to be mobilized so that they can all do, we can all do the works and greater works that Jesus did. If we can get that into our spirit, people, this city will be transformed. Our city, Durban, will be transformed. Our police stations will be transformed. Our government places will be transformed. Our hospital places will be transformed. Our economy will be transformed. People will be flying from all over the world to come and see what it is that has transformed the city. And they will discover that lost people are saved. Saved people are being pastored. Pastored that people are being trained and discipled and those trained and discipled are being mobilized, let loose to manifest and demonstrate the works of Almighty God. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. And our job is to build relationshiply, let me see if I can speak English, relationally with people so that we can get them in a position to receive the word. The word's going to change people. When you put the seed of God's word in there, you've done your job. Hallelujah. You've done your job. When you speak a seed into your daughter, into your child, you've, that's the job. That's the seed that's been deposited. And you've got to go back and trust God that that seed is going to reap a mighty harvest for God. Can you say Amen. And then we walk alongside the Matthew 28 and 19. Jesus said, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you want God's hand upon your life and you want God's presence and you want God's favor, and you want God's anointing, just do Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Just do the vision. Get the lost people saved, the saved people shepherded and pastored, the pastored people trained and discipled, and then those trained and discipled mobilized, and God will be with you, lo, even to the ends of the age. Can I get an amen in this place? Hallelujah. And we do that as well through the medium of life groups. Like I said, this is not a church that has life groups, by the way. This is a life group church. And we do have life group hubs that are outside right now. If you are not in a life group, I would strongly recommend you getting into a life group. 
If you are in a life group and you recognize somebody here today that is not in a life group, would you invite them to your life group? Would you befriend them? Would you establish a relationship with that person and get them to the life group? Why? On that smaller micro scale, we can walk with you through some stuff. We can pray with you through some stuff. We can believe God together with you through some stuff. You and I were created to do life together. You weren't created to just come on a Sunday and sit in a seat and be disconnected, right? You were created to be connected like your body is connected, like the kidney is connected to the liver and the liver to the heart and the heart to the spleen and the bones and everything is all connected, and we were created to do life together. Hallelujah. So there in Phoenix, there in Hillcrest, in the overflow, if you're not in a life group, I want you to know there are life group hubs right now outside at the end of the service. Get into a life group. If you are a life group leader, look for those who aren't in life group. Invite them. Build relationally. People come to church not because of good preaching. You can Google better preaching than what I'm preaching this morning. There are the world's top preachers that you can Google and YouTube. But you come because of relationships. People want relationships. We were wired to do life together. And life groups is about relationships. Can you say amen? So please check it out. Pastors, elders, help us to get people into life groups so that we can see them grow. So what are some of the simple things? The skinny on evangelism. I'm going to give you the skinny, just the simple, short version. It's going to be really deep. I don't know if, if a lot of you are going to get this. You might need a master's or a PhD in theology. It would help if you know Greek and Hebrew and even Aramaic as well. I'm just kidding. So number one, and I want you to write this thing. The first thing, if we're going to win people, we have to pray. Hallelujah. I mean, if your vertical is non-existent, how's the horizontal going to be? So we have to ensure that we are walking with God. We're talking with God. Right? And praying is not a big deal. It's just talking to God. Look at somebody and tell them praying is not a big deal. It's just talking to God. Say it out there in Hillcrest and Phoenix and in the overflow. Praying is not a big deal. It's simply talking to God. If you're not talking to God, how are you going to talk to people about God? Hmm? So... Praying is very important. I thank God for our intercessors that we have here. Pastor Causey is leading that. And we have people that are praying continually. And I feel that in, I'm going to tell you more about it the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to do one week of just early morning prayer. And we're going to come and pray, every one of us. Because if we don't pray, nothing happens. If we don't pray, we lose our city. If we don't pray, we lose our family. If we don't pray, we lose our business. If we don't pray, we lose our money. We even lose our money when we don't pray. So praying is very, 
very, very important. And I've got just a simple prayer for you. Maybe you can snapshot that. If you're wanting to pray for somebody who's not saved, here's a simple prayer. I've made it simple for you. For those of you that say, Pastor, I, I can't even do that. Here it is. It's a simple prayer. All right? You can take a picture of it. Heavenly Father, I ask that you open the eyes and heart of Julie, Peter, John, whatever the name is, that they would know the true and saving love of Je Jesus Christ has for them, that you, God, would give me the wisdom to reveal the good news to them in a compelling, personal, and real, and I've made real in capital letters because people want you to be authentic. In a compelling, personal, and real way, and that Julie, Peter, Carol, whatever the names are, would see your glory in me, in Jesus' name, amen. Very simple prayer. Now, you can have that on your phone, and when you're at work, just pray that prayer. When you're standing in line to get your food there at the canteen, just pray that prayer. Hallelujah. It's a very simple way in which we can reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, what's my second thing? Be happy. Hallelujah. If the gospel is not good news to you, it won't be good news to anybody else. Good news means it's good news. Hallelujah. It's good news. Gospel is good news. Praise God. The gospel is good news, really good news. It will really change your life. The good news of the gospel is that it's good news. But my face is saying otherwise. You've got to be happy, all right? It's, there's the joy. There's the peace that comes as well. If it's not good news to you, it won't be good news to others. You can't take people where you have not been yourself. If you are not happy, then something's not right. Because the gospel is good news. One of the first things that I found when I got saved was this joy. I, I got joy. And I didn't need Johnny Black Label or Johnny Hansa Pilsner or whatever else is there. You can stay for the rest of your life or you can change to mainstay. <laughs> you remember those days? I'm going back many, many, many years ago. Was that Kane? It was Kane, eh? Mainstay Kane. I don't need mainstain cane. I don't need Johnny Black label. I don't need, uh, 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 what else is there out there? Okay, don't say anything because you'll, you'll give the secret away. I don't need any of that. You've got the joy of the Lord. We're supposed to be happy. Happy doesn't mean, oh, everything's going great. Everybody's loving me. I won the lotto. I got promoted. I got a brand new car. Happy is all hell is broken loose, but I still got a joy on the inside of me. Happy is everybody is, is against me, and, and, and there's things happening, but I got a peace on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Listen, when people see that joy, that peace, and that peace, they'll know there's something different about you. You won't even have to preach a sermon. 
They will come to you and say, how is it that in the middle of your storm, you are able to be happy? You are able to have such peace. You are able to have such tranquility. And then you can tell them because of the good news, Jesus Christ loves you. Hallelujah. Come on, believers. We've got to lighten up, man. A lot of that seriousness is actually just plain old religiosity. That's all it is. That's all it is. And people can see religion coming a mile away. And then they're running. They're running from you instead of running to you. Right? So pray. Be happy. Hallelujah. And then number three, get to serve people. I woke up this morning. I'm so excited to serve people this morning. I didn't come to be served. I want to serve people. I'm serving you with my heart, with my love, with whatever it is that I've got. I'm here to serve. Hallelujah. We are here to serve our city. We are here to serve our police force. We are here to serve those who are in the medical fraternity. We are here to serve people. Jesus came to serve. If we are duplicating Jesus and, 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 and coming after Jesus and being like Jesus, then we are servants. We are servants. Paul actually said, I'm a slave. I'm your slave. I'm your slave. He, he said that. Can you say amen? amen. Listen, when, when you begin to serve people and they discover that it's not because you're after their money or because you're after a promotion or because you're after something that they have, that you're just serving them because you're serving them because you just want to serve them, that in itself will also be an intriguing thing. Uh-uh. It's not supposed to happen like this. What's the catch? Actually, there is no catch. I don't want anything from you. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to build a relationship with you because you matter. If you matter to God, then you must matter to me. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number four. I told you these are very complicated, very deep. Number four. Now, this might maybe just, I might be stepping on some people's toes, but I believe it's a very powerful form of evangelism. Be the best you can at what you are doing, what you've been called to do in this life. If you're a carpenter, be the best carpenter that you can be. If you own your gardening service or you're into gardening, be the best gardener. If you're a doctor, be the best doctor. If you're a businessman, be the best businessman. If you're a builder, for goodness sake, be the best builder. I was talking to a friend of mine, and they were busy selling one house and buying another house. And uh, the other house required some work, so they found this builder. And uh, he said, look, I need the money up front. They paid him. I know, Joe, you're putting your eyes up. I would have done the same thing. They paid him the money up front because he was supposed to be, you know, he came from a good stock and was recommended. He took that money and ran. He took that money and ran. Now, we are ambassadors for Christ. You, you, when you come to church on a Sunday, you don't step into 
a new suit and a new persona, and you come. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then you go back Monday, and you step back into the other suit that's got the horns and the tail and the pitchfork. And then you don't deliver, and you're sloppy, and they paid you, but you didn't do the job good. Come on. I want to challenge you. Be the best you can. That in itself is a great tool of evangelism. When they see you coming in early and leaving late, when they see you working overtime and you haven't put in for extra, whatever, 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 that speaks volumes. People are drawn to people who are successful. Can I say that one more time? People are drawn to people who are successful. Why? It's like when you play sport with somebody who's better than you. What does it do to you? It pulls you up. Huh? It pulls you up. I want you to grab somebody right now and try and pull them up. That's what we do. When you are good at your job and you excel at your job, I'm not talking about perfectionism. Perfectionism is actually another form of religiosity. It's actually a religious spirit. But excellence, I'm all for it. God desires the spirit of excellence. Actually, wisdom in Proverbs 8, when God personifies wisdom, he says, wisdom was there when I created the earth, when I fashioned this and I did this. Wisdom has creativity wrapped up all in it. And all of that goes to produce excellence. We are people of excellence. When we do something, don't be satisfied with what it is. Step back and say, mm, could I have done it better? Do I have enough time to redo it? Can we, can we make this a little bit better? Come on. That's how we got to be. Listen, that will, that will testify. People will look at you. you. You will have people queuing at your door to do business with you. Because you took the time just the, for the extra little detail. Everybody's in a rush today. Everything's hurry, 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 hurry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And we are sloppy, even in restaurants today. Very few restaurants where there's people that are taking time to look at the plates. Mm -mm, I don't like that before it goes out. I don't like that. The plates come and they just almost like a Frisbee. Get them out. Get them out. You know what I'm talking about. But you know when food is good. And let me tell you, what's one of the characteristics of a place where food is good? Huh? You can hardly get in. You'll have to book. And even then, there's no, there's no, there, you might not get a place. And it's got nothing to do with the economy. It's got nothing to do with what's happening with the Rand dollar. It's got to do, those people in that restaurant have excelled. No, 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 that's not the standard. No, 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 let me, let me taste it. Mm, I wouldn't eat that. If I wouldn't eat it, how can I expect my customers to eat it? Come on. I want to help business people in this place. Some of you are, are saying, oh, God, send me contracts. I need business. But have you excelled? Come on. Have you excelled? Have you, have you mastered what you were doing? Is it the best that you're doing? Would you be happy if somebody served you that plate or did that for you? Can you say amen? amen? Be the very best that you can be. Nobody is perfect. I know that. You know that. 
But we can give what we have and we can give all we have. Hallelujah. And then number five, be a friend which listens intently to people. People want friends. They want you to be their friend. It's a very lonely world out there. Be a friend that has the capacity to listen. More than talking, listen. Before you sprout scripture after scripture and point a finger and doom them for hell and judge them and whatever else, just listen to them. Listen where they're coming from. We are all a product, all of us, of our past. And we never know what's happened in somebody's past. I can just ask people here, what happened, what happened? Every story would be different. And you know what? One story would be probably more worse than the, than the next. Amen? So be a friend and listen intently. That's number five. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Listening intently means that, you know, we're taking time to hear that person, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in you. I'm interested in your story. Tell me about you. Tell me about your story. And we find a place from there to be able to share the Christ within us. Let's have a quick look at a clip right now that I'm sure you will enjoy. Evangelism is not for the weak. I should know. I wrote a whole book about it. Most Christians are good for cake sales, ushering, and children's church. But I tell you now, it takes a strong, well-read, interceding believer to take a non-believer by the collar and throw them into the church. Try living out your heathen life in front of a holy God. It's like throwing holy water on a vampire. That's divine intervention, my friend. Nessa. And I'm Roxy. And together we are Roxy, Roxy and Nessa. We take secular music and we program it. Yeah, it's all for evangelism. And we want to take songs to the unbelieving world and make it believable. So you ready to give them a sample? Let's give them a sample, Let's shall go. we? Let's go. Are you ready, girl? Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, little sinner, I just want to ask you what makes you tick. What is it? Because you're heading to H-E double hockey stick. Hey, little sinner, why don't you just give it all up to Jesus tonight? Tip number 96, use big words, like transubstantiation. Using big words, these confuse the hidden, and the more confused they are, the more ashamed they are. And the more ashamed they are, the quicker they will be to make a decision about Jesus. <laughs> Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Turn to Jesus or burn in the fires of hell. Get sanctified or chicken fried, get with the Lord or drive a Ford. I believe it's a responsibility. No, 
It's the privilege. Oh no, it's the glorious privilege of every believer to share their faith with others. I share my faith with everyone I come into contact with. Everyone. Check out my t-shirt. Can't read it? How about my bracelet? Driving behind me? Read my stickers, follow me to church. Oh, and if you're my waiter, I have a tip for you. Ka-ching! Surprise! It's a tract. Uh, I don't really like other people, but I love Jesus. I was about 23 when I invited a friend to church for the first time. Uh, we were just chatting about life and he was just sharing about, you know, how depressed he was. And I remember saying, hey, why don't you just come to church with me tonight? And he was like, yeah, okay, um, I've got nothing better to do. So during the service, I just prayed and I asked God to reach out and touch his heart or do something because I knew that he needed Jesus. And that night, God answered my prayer. It's been 12 years since then, and he still loves Jesus with all his heart. I remember how someone asked me to come to church. I was in high school, um, and a girl I knew uh, invited me for some youth meeting. And to be honest, I just went because I heard that the girls were cute and they were giving away free pizza. Uh, I honestly don't remember what was said that night or what was sung, but that night changed my life forever. Praise the Lord. Most of the people that are one to the Lord are really those that have been invited one-on-one. -on -one. And that's the most effective. Just quickly before we end, what are some of the don'ts? We saw there are some of the clips, but what are some of the don'ts about evangelism, all right? Number one, don't try and win an argument. I remember when i just gotten saved and we would go down to the beachfront, invariably every Friday night, soul winning would end up being arguments. And we would end up arguing and we would come home frustrated and also without having won anybody to the Lord. Somebody once said, win an argument and lose a soul. I think I agree with that. Number two, don't allow the conversation to wander from topic to, po to, from topic, to topic. Just stay on a topic until you're exhausted. And if you just get track or get off the track, just learn to steer that conversation back uh, onto the track, onto Jesus, amen? Number three, don't ever, ever get upset. Don't get upset. If you, if you get angry and you get upset, you've lost the battle, all right? Your emotions might boil, but allowing someone else to see your frustration, anger, etc., won't help, all right? Don't allow, pe uh, don't allow your pride to get the best of you. If you don't know an answer, just say, I don't know, I'll get back to you. We don't know all the answers. And we can only say what we know. We can only share what we ourselves have experienced. So don't allow pride to get the better part of you. Uh, also, don't speak about what you don't know. If you don't know about a certain subject, don't speak about that. I have found that the easiest way to talk about Jesus is to talk about his amazing love. Everybody, love is, is a universal word. And we have different understandings of love because of what's been conveyed in the world, in movies, etc., etc., etc. Also, never ever give up hope. 
Sometimes you might share a, a, a thought or just something with somebody, and you look at their reaction, you think, oh my goodness, it was terrible. But you don't know what that word, what that seed is doing, amen? And so we never give up hope. Also, don't over-explain yourself. You don't have to try and stand up for the Bible. The Bible can stand up on its own. Amen? Amen? So don't over-explain yourself. And then lastly, don't use churchy-fied lingo like he's, he used transubstantiation. And we use justification and sanctification and, and all these terms that just scare people. We have to understand that most believers don't know the kind of Christianese that we speak. And so we have to break it down into simple terms. And again, I think it's just about building a relationship with people, finding areas of common interest that bridge, build a bridge for you to be able to speak a word, and then just operate in the love of God. You know, just, just operate in that love. Allow that love to come over them and just talk about being loved by God and being accepted by God and being valued by God. And let me tell you, 99.9% .9 of people in this whole wide world respond to love. Can you say amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's your desire that every one of us would be as a light shining in a dark place. Thank you today, Lord, that you've helped us to understand that evangelism isn't a big deal. It is a big deal, but it's not something that we need to be afraid of, Lord. It's not something that we need to be scary of. It's not something that we have to be anxious about. But I pray today, Lord, give us opportunity. You have placed us in this city, Lord, for such a time as this. And that watch is on us, Lord. We are that generation that we will be held accountable. And Lord, I pray today, give us wisdom. Give us understanding. Help us to be able to build relationally with people. Help us to be the bearers of good news. That if it's good news to us, it'll be good news to others. I pray even in our workplaces, our neighborhoods, wherever we find ourselves, that as we go, go where? Go about our day-to-day -day life, that we would find it in our hearts to share this amazing love with people because people matter to you. And if they matter to you, Lord, they matter to us as well. In Jesus' name. Now this morning with every head bowed before we're closed and before we dismiss, I know that we've got a raffle for the money that was raised for the building fund and somebody this morning is going to be winning, is it a television, television. But before we get to that point, with every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're watching Hillcrest. Phoenix, maybe you're in the overflow up in the balcony here. Maybe you're somewhere at home. Maybe in Europe, maybe North America, South America, maybe some part of Africa. And you know that the vertical that I spoke about, your vertical relationship with God is not good. Pastor, 
If I were to be honest, it's not what it should be. As a matter of fact, it's probably non-existent. But this morning, I want you to know, today I want you to know that you can come back to God. That you need not be kept at that place afar off, unreconciled from God. No, no, no. God's desire is that you be reconciled. God's desire is that you come back to Him. That's His heart for you. That's how much He loves you. You say, well, what about my sin? Well, He'll take care of that sin. If you will just give Him your heart and respond to His love, God will take care of your sin. And so I want to pray with you right now in this place. I know that there are some of you that are maybe struggling right now. Maybe you're ashamed. Maybe you're embarrassed. And you see, when we're away from God, we give entrance for the enemy to come and shame us, to come and rob us of peace and joy. When we're away from God, the more away we're from God, the more we are overwhelmed and overcome by the tactics of the enemy. But today, friend, you can come right there in your living room, right there in your home, right there in Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Europe, Italy, Greece, wherever you're from, Australia, New Zealand, wherever you're from. If you're away from God, there is no limit to His where God can be found. He is everywhere all at the same time. And just like He is real here, and in the campuses, Hillcrest and Phoenix, the overflow, he's real right there in your home with you. And it's this vertical that's so important that Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with every passion of your heart, with all the energy that's within you, with all of your thoughts, all of your emotions. That's how we were created to function. And created to love and serve God. And you can come this morning. You can come back to God. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, all I want you to do is just lift your hand. That's all I want you to do. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to shame you even further. But just where you are. When I see that hand, I'll know to pray for you. And people will come to you. You don't even have to get up out of your seats. Just where you are, people will come and pray with you and stand with you right there. You ready? Here we go. All the different campuses, the overflow, get ready. Live streamers, get ready. Here we go. One, two, three. Go ahead and lift your hand up high. Here's my hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just keep your hands uplifted. God bless you on my right. I need some guys just to move quickly to where there are hands uplifted. All right? Just keep your hands uplifted in the back. Wherever you are, somebody will come to you right now. Somebody will come to you. In the, in the overflow, somebody will come to you. In the campuses, somebody will come to you right now. And before I hand back, I want us all to pray this prayer. All right? Right where you're at, everybody all the campuses, all the overflows, even if you're at home in Europe, somewhere in America, somewhere in Africa, 
Australia, New Zealand, China, wherever you are, I want us all to help them pray this prayer. Would you say after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Just as I am with all of my faults, all of my failures, and all of my sin, and I ask you for forgiveness. Thank you for your amazing love that I receive right now and your blood that cleanses me and washes me. I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. And from today, I belong to you. I'm coming back to you, Lord, and I'm giving you my life, my heart, my mind, my everything. You are my Lord, my King, my Savior, and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.